for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hi, and thank you for joining us once again. Uh, my name is Mike, and I hope that as you hear and listen to God's Word, that you would hear His heart and the message that He has for you. You know, a few years ago, I went on a mission trip to Japan, and the missionary was showing us around the city, taking us sightseeing. And I'll never forget one of the places that we stopped to visit. And it was a landmark. And there was a picture along the wall that was drawn by the people. And it was uh, drawn many, many years ago, centuries ago, of when Japanese rulers had rounded up the first uh, Christian missionaries and all their disciples and martyred them. And I was kind of shocked and surprised that they would have that picture um, on the wall uh, because they were not a Christian nation. Uh, in fact, they were very against Christianity. And for them to have that wall, I felt like something for us as Christians, uh, we would uh, be thankful for. And I think that that's why the missionary took us. And to see their faith, to see how they stood, uh, no matter what the cost may be, uh, they listened and they were faithful to Christ to the very end. And I know that that's something that uh, we are praying that we would all be, uh, but that's something, a lesson that we're going to learn as we study our passage together. Jeremiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 11. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. Go to the Rechabite family and invite them to come to one of the side rooms of the house of the Lord and give them wine to drink. So I went to get Jaazaniah, son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, and his brothers and all his sons, the whole family of the Rechabites. I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the room of the sons of Hanan, son of Igdaliah, the man of God. It was next to the room of the officials, which was over that of Maaseiah, son of Shalom, the doorkeeper. Then I set bowls full of wine and some cups before the Rechabites, and said to them, Drink some wine. But they replied, We do not drink wine, because our forefather Jehonadab, son of Rechab, gave us this command, Neither you nor your descendants must ever drink wine. Also, you must never build houses, sow seed, or plant vineyards. You must never have any of these things, but must always live in tents. Then you will live a long time in the land where you are nomads. We have obeyed everything our forefather Jehonadab, son of Rechab, commanded us. Neither we nor our wives nor our sons and daughters have ever drunk wine or built houses to live in or had vineyards, fields, or crops. We have lived in tents and have fully obeyed everything our forefather Jehonadab commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, invaded this land, we said, 
Come, we must go to Jerusalem to escape the Babylonian and Aramean armies. So we have remained in Jerusalem. So chapter 5 of Jeremiah, we read a very interesting section and portion, and we find ourselves encountering this group called the Rechabites. And at first I didn't recognize them. I wasn't very familiar with, with this group. And I had to do some research and find out for myself who were these people and why are they mentioned uh, in the Bible. And after uh, looking around and uh, finding things uh, about them, uh, it was, they're very interesting. I found out that they belonged to a group called the Kenites, uh, which were a very nomadic tribe, uh, which means that they traveled everywhere uh, for their lives. And they were known as coppersmiths or metal workers. And they uh, played an important role in the history of ancient Israel. And one of the most recognized Kenites, Kenites is Jethro. And he happened to be the father-in-law of Moses. Uh, now what stood out about this group was that they were forbidden to drink any kind of alcohol and they had to they were not allowed to live in the city. Uh, they lived in tents and they traveled, which meant that they never stayed uh, in a certain place for a long period of time. And they were commanded, commanded to do so, to live this kind of life. And they were committed to, to God um, all their lives. And Jeremiah here was instructed to find them and bring them to the house of God. And after they entered into the house of God, uh, God instructs Jeremiah and tells him, tell them to drink, drink some of this wine. And you notice that uh, Jeremiah does exactly what God tells him to do. He never questions God or about his orders. Even though Jeremiah was probably aware of the rituals and the, the beliefs that these Rechabites had, uh, but he didn't persuade them. He didn't force them to do anything. Uh, but we see that these people uh, were obedient to God and not to man. And they passed this test. In verse 6 to 11, uh, we see the response of the Rechabites and their refusal to drink this wine. And they, keep in mind that they enter into the house of God. They are entering into this public ceremony and they're in the presence of a prophet uh, they're brought together as an entire clan and they were inside this temple and they could have easily made the excuse that they should drink this wine because of the situation that they were in uh, they could have made an exception but they chose to remain faithful uh, the point here is not about the issue of whether or not to drink wine, uh, but the focus here is on obedience and the teaching of their faith. Now, God honored these Rechabites uh, for their steadfast refusal uh, to drink alcohol, and they were not mocked, they weren't criticized for their obedience. Uh, and many times for us, when we think about this situation, we may be tested for our faith uh, every day, you know, whether it be you know, at work or maybe at home 
or at school or even in our neighborhoods. And we think that when we're tested, it takes place on a big stage. It may come in a form of something that's grand or magnificent. But what I believe is that it begins in the small things that we do when we learn to obey, obey and trust God in the small things, it will make things easier for when the big things happen uh, that we can easily put our trust in God. And so what are some ways that we can be obedient? Uh, I believe that it can start with our minds, uh, that we try to keep our minds pure and unstained, especially living in this fallen world. Uh, that we will not allow ourselves to be influenced um, by gossip or by watching shows that may not be beneficial uh, to our thoughts or even reading things that are, um, are not or listening to things that are not healthy for us spiritually. Um, but also we can be obedient in our hearts, uh, that we learn to love God with all our hearts uh, and that we also learn to love others as well. That we learn to put God first, even above family members or even above our spouses or our children, that we learn to put God and love Him above any, anyone else. Um, but even in terms of other people, uh, that maybe we can give someone who's been frustrating to us an encouraging word uh, or something that we can do a kind act to someone that we know we have a difficult time loving. That's some ways that we can show uh, by being obedient in those areas. And another way that we can be obedient and can be through our finances and that we can learn to be faithful uh, even in tithing. I know that we're in difficult situation and many of us may not have jobs or may not have the income that we once had, but learn to be faithful in obedience even in our resources uh, because that is what God is calling us to do. You know, obedience needs to happen every day. And there are ways that God may be calling us to live a life of obedience. And it usually happens in the small things. And as we recognize them, and as we learn to walk and trust in God in those small things, uh, it will slowly get bigger and bigger uh, so that we would learn to be faithful in those big areas in our lives. Uh, so can we learn to put God first and not ourselves? Just as we saw in the example of this clan called the Rechabites. Uh, many of us may not have heard of them or even knew that they existed, but we see that they are uh, shown here because of their faithfulness and their steadfastness to God. And that's a lesson that we can take to heart in our own lives. And that's an example that we want to follow for us as well. So can we pray for that? Let's pray. Uh, God, we, we know, Lord, that uh, we are, our faith is being tested every day. And I pray that we would learn to uh, pass those tests uh, by learning to put you in front of ourselves, that we would not allow our flesh, God, to take the best of us, but rather that we would learn to see things through your word. Uh, we thank you for the, encouraging, uh, the encouragement that we can receive through this tribe. 
uh, in their obedience, that they did not compromise, but they remained true to their principles that you have placed in, in them. And uh, we just really pray that may our standards uh, come from your word and may we hold on to them uh, with all that we have. Give us your strength and give us your courage, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sing your soul, lifting up all the and stepping in closer. See you.